Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress.
morning, City of Life. Welcome to Vision Sunday. I'm Pastor Jeff. If you're happy to be in church, why don't you just give God a great praise today? Come on. He's good. He's worthy. He deserves it. Today is uh, really exciting because Vision Sunday is not just a day where we talk about some of the great things that we're going to do here as a church community, but it's a day that I pray and we pray that you get vision instilled in your life for what God has called you to do personally. I feel like you will always find your personal destiny wrapped up in your corporate destiny. The place that God calls you corporately, it's important that you're a part of that community. And sometimes without even realizing it, you'll find your personal destiny. I think a good example would be that when I was in my early 20s, I was out doing music and I was a recording artist and concerts and all this stuff. And I came back home and I had just got through a season of my life where I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to focus. I'm not going to date anyone, nothing like that. I'm just going to get into doing what God's called me to do. I decided one day just I was going to come back here and serve at my church, just help my parents and preach. And one night I was preaching over at uh, youth. And it was just during that night that I met my wife. I wasn't even thinking about anything to do with a relationship, with anything like that. I was concerned with my corporate destiny. And somewhere along the way, somebody that's a part of my destiny, part of, part of my path, Jesus, help, help me, God. Part of my future. That's okay. This, we're not, we're using the first service. Part of my, part of my future, I found along the way, uh, while I was wrapped up in my corporate destiny. And I feel like that today, Vision Sunday, is a day where you will find, without realizing it, what God has called you to do when looking at the bigger scope, celebrating something bigger than just yourself, you might turn around and find exactly what God has called you to do personally. Before we get started, uh, I do think there's something really important. My kind of my mind is on on something that is important to me. My dad is not doing very well right now. He's, he's, he needs a, uh, some, some help and, and a miracle. Uh, he's not feeling good. So uh, if you could take a second with me, I would love for us to be able to pray together as a church for Pastor Gary. He's our founding pastor. And uh, I believe that what God has called him to is so great. I believe that the best is still in front of him, uh, that many blessings are coming his way. But uh, help me right now in prayer. Uh, reach out for Pastor Gary. Father, right now we just lift uh, Pastor Gary up. We thank you for his heart. Lord, thank you that decades ago he stood out here on this road when there was nothing here and stretched his hand out toward 192 and prayed for cars that passed spoke destiny spoke purpose he spoke purpose over people in this room before they even realized what he was doing god and i pray in jesus name right now that you would be jehovah rapha to him bring him the miracle in his body that he needs right now we trust you we put our faith in you we come together we do as your word says uh, put full faith in the power of Jesus' name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and earth and under the earth. Give him a miracle in his body right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 Well, today, uh, I'm excited about this word. I'm excited about this year. Uh, I love, you know, I, I'm glad we're done showing the Love Strong videos, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I had kids coming up to me the last couple weeks saying, Pastor Jeff, is that really you in those videos? I'm like, kind of, yeah, it is. Uh, but I think the reason that we made those uh, videos, I mean, some of those videos were super sophisticated and I actually got into filmmaking on some level because we started doing that stuff like 12 years ago. Uh, met a lot of producers, directors, things that saw our stuff online and sought me out, said, how, do you, how did you do that? How did your team do that? 
And uh, we made a decision to do that because we put a premium on relationships. That's why Love Strong Conference was so important to us. We put a premium on relationships because God puts a premium on relationships. So we really cannot invite you more uh, next month, the whole month on Sundays to take time, come to Love Strong Sundays at City of Life. You're gonna see God do something incredible in your relationships. I believe marriages will be saved, friendships will be strengthened. Uh, brothers and sisters are gonna come closer together. It's just gonna be fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. Our text for today on Vision Sunday is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And it says this, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are, come on, you're, there's gonna be some crowd participation today. So for no matter how many promises God has made, they are, yes, in Christ. So, so really quick, the promises of God are already what? Yes, in Christ. And so through him, the, oh, y'all sound like the Baptist church down the street. Hold on for a second. We got the Holy Ghost up in here today. So y'all got to get a little bit fired up. So let's start over. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes. in Christ. And so through him, the Amen. is spoken by us to the glory of God. That is our text. I'm going to talk to you on Vision Sunday 2024, a message that's called Yes and Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your presence. Bless this time together. Holy Spirit, just let this word come alive in our heart. Just explode in us. Give us a true rhema revelation. Let it be fresh to our spirit and our heart that we take it and run with it for your glory in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Have you ever gotten no for an answer? Anybody ever said no to you? That's not a very good feeling, is it? When you're really passionate about something, really excited about something, you go ask someone, hey, do you want to go here with me? And they're like, no. And you're like, well, what's the reason? And they're like, there isn't one. I just don't want to. You know, it's like that's a, that when you get just flat out turned down, there's not even a good reason for it. You just get turned down. You get shut down. That really tests you. Uh, when someone says no to you, we like hearing yes more than we like hearing no. I remember when I was uh, in my 20s, I had you know, done Blink for the very first time in my late 20s, and I was really excited about the possibility of reaching new people with Blink, and I got a really cool call on a Monday after one of the early Blinks that we did. They said, there is this guy that is here that really wants to meet with you, and he's freaked out. He's like crying. You know, he's, he's, like, he's like, you know, overwhelmed. Uh, can you meet with him? I was like, well, who is he? They said, well, he's an animator that he says is trained by Walt Disney. And so I was like, oh, well, okay, so let me come meet this guy. So I sit down with this guy, have this meeting, and this guy has won every award imaginable. He ran Industrial Lights and Magic for George Lucas in Europe. He worked for Steven Spielberg, Amblin Entertainment. He worked on like 15 or 20 different major Disney uh, cartoons and movies as the main illustrator, brilliant, genius, high-level guy who had never seen a gospel presentation like Blink. And he was watching Blink and ran out of the building, physically ran to his car when he saw the demons that were in that thing. And he was freaked out. He'd never seen anything like that. So he's like, explain what I was seeing. What happens at the end? He's like, I left. I didn't get to see the end. I was like, well, you know, I'm glad we get to talk about this. You should have stayed. But uh, I explained the whole concept. I explained Jesus, tell, tell him everything. He accepts Christ right there, comes to know the Lord. And we become great friends, comes to church. He's a very, I mean, he's been a Christian now for uh, over, 20, like, I think 25 years or something like that. Loves God, 
uh, done great things for God. I made a movie with this guy uh, with Jim Belushi in it, Caratops, called The Tugger, The Jeep That Wanna Fly. It's the first film I worked on, scored music for it over 20 years ago. Uh, so we worked on all kinds of projects together, but one project that we developed together was called The Childhood Adventures of Jesus and Jesse. And I had this concept about G Jesus had a little friend and, and it was like him growing up and all these different scenarios. I loved this concept. It had all this 3D animation, very high level forward thinking kind of stuff that was just nothing was out there like that. So we took this book to every major publisher uh, we could think of. We had an agent. We went and met all these people. No, 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 no. Every single person turned down this book. And they said, we can't do it because you can't write something speculative, speculatively that Jesus would say if it's not written specifically in the Bible. It, it will be viewed as heresy if you try to say that Jesus said this or said that. Well, by the way, there's a show out called The Chosen that does exactly that, and no one seems to have a problem with that. But they couldn't think forward, I guess, back at that time, so it was no, no, no. But I remember getting my confidence shot down. Uh, no, number one, it hurts. No, number two hurts. But no, number 10, you start feeling like something's wrong with you. Uh, and then, you know, we moved on to Southern Gospel. And, and Southern Gospel, I wrote Southern Gospel. And like 14 years after I wrote it, we had been trying to get funding for five years. I think we got 40 no's, something like that, from all these investors. No, no, no. I had people write uh, a review of the, of the script and say, this will never get made into a film. No one wants to make a movie like this. No one will fund a movie like this. So like... It's important how we respond to know. How we personally respond to know says a lot about what we believe. Does, do you believe that? How you respond to know? No one likes hearing no. I think with uh, our Nona campus that we had before uh, the pandemic was thriving and doing well, and we've been searching for properties, searching for space, for years, uh, that, and, and there have been a lot of no's. It doesn't mean, sometimes no is not no, sometimes no is not yet, right? Uh, in San Juan, we've been searching, uh, been actively, some of the best people that we can get, actively working San Juan. It, it might not be a no, but it, right now it seems to be a not yet. So there's a lot of things that appear to be no, and how we respond to that says a lot about us. Now, I think... No, and the concept of no can, can, really affect our, can, can really affect us as people because when you live your life out of the negative, there are people that are kind of bent toward the negative. They base everything they do off the negative. And I would say that any non-biblical worldview does this. So like I would take a concept, for instance, like Buddhism. Buddhism, the whole concept of Buddhism, is in order to avoid pain, you must avoid the thing that brings pain. So they believe that pain is called suffering, and in order to avoid suffering, you have to eliminate desire, because the only reason you would ever suffer is if you want something. So if you eliminate the want, then you eliminate the suffering altogether, and that's what nirvana is. You see how it's about not doing something. In the same kind of way, people that have a, a worldly uh, you know, view of life or just a uh, hedonistic view of life, if they're doing whatever they want, you say, well, that's a life of yes. No, it's not. That's a life of saying no to the God that the book of Romans says is clearly seen in nature, clearly seen in our conscience. You have to say no to God in order to appear to say yes to everything else. So you're living your life out of the negative. Now, 
Our faith doesn't do that at all. And, and I've got good news for you today. Our text scripture is evidence of that. And by the way, when you live a life by no, you become a no. Everything you are is no. And I'm not really trying to shock you when I say this, but a lot of Christians are passionate about saying, I said yes to this, I said yes to that. I remember when I said yes to God and I said yes to the worship team, I said yes to uh, worship time, I said yes to my devotions. I got news for you, it's not really about your yes. It's about God's yes. And when we look at our text scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, it says this, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. If you back up to, chapter, to verse 18, it, Paul says, but as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been Come on, church. In him, it has always been. Yes. Guys, it's not a no in God. In him, it is always yes. We have to stop living our life from the negative and realize that God has already said yes to his own promises. He doesn't have to wait on your prayers. You don't have to pray about whether or not God has said yes to something good in your life. When we look at this scripture, our text for Vision Sunday, we see that no matter how many promises God has made, by the way, if you want to know how many promises God has made in the Bible, over 3,700 promises are made from God to us. How many of them are yes? How many of them are yes? Come on, are you awake? How many of them are yes? All of his promises are yes. So it's not about your yes. God's not waiting on you to say yes. You say, oh, that offends me. Well, just read it. He's the one that says yes. It's his job to say yes. The revelation that I want you to get on Vision Sunday, it says no matter how many promises he has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us. Who says the yes? Who says the amen? Come on, are you alive? Who says the yes? What does God say? What do we say? Do you get it? Come on, are you alive? Give him a praise today. He says yes. My goodness. I remember the moment I said, no, it ain't about your yes. I said yes. No, he said yes. If you are ever going to get the promises of God to become active in your life, you don't need to say yes. You need to say amen. Because amen means that you come into alignment. You come into agreement. Woo! 
That's exactly what happens on a Sunday morning when we're sitting here and somebody says something that is powerful or sings something that is powerful or you're in your workplace and somebody speaks a word that, is, that blesses your soul. You say it out loud. You don't just go, ooh, that's good. You say, hey, man. Why? Because amen is a word that resonates out of our soul. Amen is one of the names that Jesus calls himself. He said, I am the great I, amen. His name is amen. When we say amen, it means let it be so in my life. I want the yeses and the promises of God to be so in my life. I don't care about, oh, that's good. It don't matter if it's good, if it's not so in my life. I mean, we even get into all this stuff where you know, we just grunt. Someone says something, Google, mm. Say amen. Say it out loud. Say it in Spanish. Amen. <laughs> Is that pretty good? <laughs> Got to work. I've been practicing a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You got amen. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the redneck version. I grew up with it. Amen. Yeah, yeah, that, I hear that all the time. It don't matter what accent you pronounce it with. Let's get it out there. Amen. Let's let it come out of our spirit. Don't keep it inside because when you say amen to God's yes, you are coming into agreement. And the Bible is a book of covenants. You have to have two people to come into alignment to have a covenant. I couldn't just look at my wife and say, I marry you. She got to say, well, I marry you too. If not, I'm a stalker. <laughs> she has to agree with my end of the deal. And we come into agreement and a covenant is made because she has said amen to my yes. Right? And that's what happens with God is we come into agreement. And if that covenant is ever going to be enacted in our family and in our life, we must say amen to his Yes. He speaks the yes. We speak the amen. Now, amen is said 55 times in the New Testament. When Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto you, or, or some versions say, truly, truly, I say unto you, he starts statements by saying that. Sometimes he'll say, truly, truly, I say unto you. Do you know that the word he's using for truly right there is amen? The Greek word is amen. He's saying, amen, amen. He's saying, let it be so, let it be so. Basically, he's saying, catch this. Hold on to this. Don't let this go. What I'm about to say, you claim it for your life. You claim it. For, you should be saying amen right now. You claim it for your life. You claim it for your family. You claim it for the way you talk, the way you think, the way you live. You claim it. And every time you say amen and that amen comes out of your heart, you're holding on to the yes of God and you're making a covenant and coming into agreement and your life and your heart are changing. Come on. 25 times Jesus said, verily, verily. He was saying, amen, amen. Philippians 4.20. I'm, I'm going to read some of the New Testament wait, places that amen is said and show you how important it is when you think about what it means. It means let it be so in my life. I love, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I mean, it's it, at the end of it is just like, yo, let that happen. Let that be so in Jesus name in my life. Romans eleven thirty six. for from him, through him and for him are all things to him. Be the glory forever. Amen. Come on, church. Let's do it again. 
Amen. Psalm 106, 48. This is Old Testament. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel from everlasting. Let all the people, if they feel like it. No, let all the people only on the good days. No, let all the people, no matter if it's the good days, if it's the bad days, if your dad is sick, if your son is sick, if you're not feeling good, if your bank account is empty, if your tire is flat, if somebody walked out on you, if you didn't get all the sleep you wanted last night, if your dreams are falling apart, if you're on a mountaintop, let all the people say, come on, shout it one more time. We say amen and we come into agreement. Something begins to happen in the spirit. The forces of darkness are broken when we come into agreement with the promises of God. We don't say amen enough. Not just in church, in our spirit we don't say it enough. We gotta learn how to say amen. The moment we say amen, we run the devil out of our city. I am so tired of seeing families that fall apart because people refuse to put their foot down and say amen. It's time for the people of God to say amen to the yes of God. By the way, we sold out of these in the first service. I'm sorry about that. Do we have? You can still order. You can still order them. We sold all in the first service that we thought was going to last for two services. So we're going to get some more for you for next week. Somebody gets it. <laughs> so, you know, 22 times in the Old Testament, people are given a directive to say amen, a directive. That is not a suggestion. People are commanded 22 times in the Old Testament. God commands us to do this. He commands us as his people to come into agreement with his promises. I want you to think for a minute what I'm telling you to do this year, 2024, I'm telling you to come into agreement with the promises that God has already spoken over your life. Do you know how much time we waste praying about something that God has already said yes to? Can you imagine if Jude said, dad, can I borrow $20? I'm going to go out with some friends. And I said, well, here, yeah, here's the $20. He said, well, let me pray about it. I said, well, you just asked me for it. Like, I've already given it to you. But let me pray about whether I'm going to take it or not. What do you mean? It's right here. Just take Son, I got news for you. Don't pray about it. Take it. Say amen. You need to say amen to the yes. When God has already given you the yes, you just say amen and live in the blessing. You don't have to pray about the yes that God has already given. He's already, look at someone next to you say, he already gave you the yes. Look at him right in the eyeball. Say, say amen. Say, take it. If I had $10,000 cash laying right here up on this stage, I already said, here's the, yeah. you're looking for it. Right? You're like, is it really? The, is this an analogy? If it was right here and I said, come get it. All you got to do is come get it. You, you, you don't, I mean, that's, I've already given the yes, come get it. In the same kind of way, God has already said yes. And you'd be so shocked. We put this together when we talked last week about being conformed to the image of Christ. And once we're living our personal destiny, which is looking like Jesus, living in his image, God gives us so much leeway to make choices in our life about what we want to do, whether it's our career, using our gifts to glorify him. 
he allows us to have so many different choices that it, the steps of a good man are ordered by God. So when our heart is right, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. When we're walking in the ways of God, we're walking in the will of God. So he's given us permission to live these massive lives, to do all kinds of different things for his glory that he's already said yes to. That's why it's our responsibility to have the boldness to step up and say amen. Those are the kinds of people that make a difference in the world. And I believe you are one of those people that make a difference. Amen. amen. That's good. I like that. So even the angels, Revelation chapter 7, verses 11 through 12, says all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. And they said it again. Amen. The, the angels are saying amen. So angels are saying amen. If, if they're saying amen and Jesus didn't even die for their sins, but he died for mine. I want to be the one that says amen first. I want to come into agreement. Jesus in Revelation 3, 14 says to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, these are the words. Jesus says, write what I'm about to tell you. Here's what he said. These are the words of the amen. He calls himself the amen. That means I am the one who my very name means, let it be so. He is the great I am. What does that mean? It means whatever you need me to be, I am. And in the same way, he says, my name means, let it be so. So he calls himself the amen. So when we say amen, we're calling the name of God. We are, we are enacting the power of God in our faith, in our soul, in our mouth, in our life, when we say amen. Come on, he's good today. 3,700 promises that God has spoken over your life. Every one of them he has said yes to. I wrote down a couple things that I want you to say amen to today. Not just now, but in your life, say amen to them. Say amen to change. First uh, John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So I'm glad that one of the promises that were fulfilled to me that he said yes to already is that no matter who you are or what point you are in your life, at any moment, if you confess your sins, he will cleanse you from your unrighteousness. That's something that we need to say amen to on a regular basis, that you could say amen to change. You could say amen to victory because Romans 8.37 says, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We, we need to say amen to his yes. He has already given to us living victorious lives. Somebody put your hand on your heart and say, I'm a conqueror. Look at the person next to you. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. Look at the person on the other side that you ignored and say, you're a winner. Say, you're a winner. You're a winner. You're a winner in Christ. You're a winner in Christ. Praise the Lord. I say amen to the fact that I'm a winner. I'm victorious in Christ. I, I give my amen to his yes, that I'm victorious in all things. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved us. I, we need to say amen to his yes of healing. He's given us the yes of healing. So I say amen to his yes. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. So I say amen 
for my dad today to the healing that God has already said yes to. I say amen right now to the healing for my son that God has already said yes to. I say amen to the healing for your body and your family that God has already said yes to. Who says amen? If you do, shout Come on, that's it right there. That sounds like somebody's soul is getting it today. We say amen to his yes. He's already said yes. I don't have to pray about whether or not I'm supposed to be healed. I know that he wants me to be healed. It doesn't mean that everyone is always healed. It means he's already said yes. And this is where I want to get into the power of this verse it just, it's so, so good. It goes on in verse 21. It says, now it is God who makes us both us and you stand firm in Christ. This is after saying, he says the yes, we say the amen. We stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. Somebody say, I'm anointed. Do you know what anointing is? Anointing is a consecrating. When Samuel poured oil on young David, he said, God has chosen you to be king and I am setting you apart from this day forward to God, you are the king. You are set apart to be holy. And this is telling us that God has anointed us, set us apart. That's why the life we lived before we knew God will never do. Now that we've been anointed by God, he's poured the oil of the Holy Spirit all over us. We are completely different. We have been given a promise through the person of Jesus that our life will never be the same again. And it says he anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us. Somebody say he owns me. You say nobody owns me. Well, you have two options. Either he owns you or sin owns you. Which one would you rather have? I'd rather be owned by Jesus. That's the only two. You say, I own myself. Well, sin owns you if you own yourself. Okay, you have been bought with a price by the precious blood of the lamb. If you know Jesus, he redeemed us and purchased us out of sin through his blood. So the power of the scripture says he anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us. And this, if this don't just set you on fire, I don't know what will but here, I love this scripture right here. It says, and he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit. My Lord, has anybody ever bought something expensive before? When you buy something expensive, they say, we need a, we're going to have to have a deposit. And when you put a deposit on something, what is it? It's a guarantee that that thing is mine. Ooh. That means God put the deposit of the Holy Spirit in me. He put, the he put a deposit in my life. He says, Jeff is mine. And while he's on earth, he may not have every single promise. And certainly I will not have every single promise that I will have in the fullness of his presence someday. But I get access to all of them. I get access to all of them. And the power of it is he's already given me a deposit so that... Why did I bring that up during healing? Because sometimes when it comes to healing, we don't see healing in every scenario. But the deposit is there. The deposit is there. I have access to the resources of heaven. 
I may get that unbelievable miracle that I can't imagine, but nothing, I mean nothing, can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 says, not life, not death, not angels, not demons, things present, things past. There's nothing. There's no sickness leaving the face of this earth, somebody killing me, that you can't take away my destiny because my destiny was giving me, given to me by God. You didn't give it to me, therefore you can't take it from me. When you are a child of God, nothing means nothing. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So when I'm talking about saying amen to God's yes of healing, you say amen to all of it. You say amen to all of it. God can do anything he wants to do. I like the attitude of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, we will not bow down. We will not bow down to this false idol because our God will save us. But even if he does not, we still ain't gonna bow down. So that's the attitude of the believer. When we say amen, we say amen. I say amen to God's yes. He will do whatever he wants to do, and I believe he will heal me. But even if he doesn't, it ain't going to affect my faith. I'm going to keep moving forward with what God has called me to do. And I say amen to his yes. Somebody needs to give God a praise today. It means amen to possibilities. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through, come on, say it with me, through Christ who strengthens me. Let's say the whole verse together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, isn't that wonderful to know? What kind of things can you do today? Hard things, difficult things, impossible things. I can do all things. And what am I doing when I believe this with all of my heart? I'm saying amen to the promise that he has already said. He said yes to this promise through Christ. All I gotta do is say amen. So when there's something in front of you that looks too big, when my parents rolled up to this church in 1986, my dad was in a Volkswagen Beetle that had no front seat. He was sitting on a milk carton. Uh, it, that, I mean, we, we had some struggles back in the day. Uh, but when he rolled, I'll tell you what, we looked good though. And we knew how to preach. We knew how to sing. We knew how to worship. We knew how to live big for God. We did the best. That milk carton was clean. The car was clean from the outside. My parents always had excellence. You ain't got to have, there's a lot of people that have money but have no class. There's a lot of people that have class that have no money. That's important. You, 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 you either have, class is something you either have or you don't. I think it's important in the kingdom to always have a, a high level of excellence whether you have money or not. Because I think having a high level of excellence means that you care about kingdom things. That's when my dad used to preach a, a message that used to really get me convicted when I was young. He always used to say, get the french fries out of your seat and get the kingdom in your car. He used to say that all the time. I agree with him. I think that's important to have a kingdom mentality. But, but when we look at uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When my parents came to this town, they didn't have anything. They did not know. I mean, they had to put their very last dollar in savings to lease David Hall for one month just to continue to have a church for one month. They didn't know that people were going to come. They didn't know that God was going to open up doors. They didn't know that it was going to grow. They never imagined back then that it would have become the multicultural, powerful church. By the way, when you look around, I brag on our church a lot about being multicultural because it's important. It's really, really important that my parents, and I'm thinking about my dad, you know, my dad's struggling right now, but I'm thinking about things that he's done over the years to fight for what we get to enjoy every week. And I, I don't care if I've told this story before, I'll tell it again because it's Vision Sunday. But as a young preacher, when my dad was at this church, this city was very, you know, white back in the day. You know, it's just like, it's like mostly that's kind of what the church started with. And I remember that a lot of 
leaders came to my dad that were early people that had money in the church. And when you're a young pastor who has no money and you have people that have money telling you what to do, it's very hard to say no because you're worried about how am I gonna feed my family? How am I gonna keep my church going, the lights on? So they all came to him. They said, hey, we noticed that you've had uh, black people on the stage. You've had uh, Puerto Ricans on the stage. You've had all these people and we're gonna give you a week. They actually said this to my dad. We're gonna give you a week to, to get these people off the stage. And uh, my dad was there around all these board members back in the day, just a young guy. They said, we're gonna give you one week to decide what you wanna do. And I, I love the, I love my dad. The, the, he's so good. He said, he said, this is the whole entire board. He said, why would you waste a week of your life wondering what the answer to that question is? He said, get out right now and never come back. So they all left the building. <laughs> they all left. And you know what? Their money left with them. Their money left with them, but what my dad was doing is just a white boy from Alabama. He realized that there was power in the kingdom. The kingdom is about Jesus. It's not about the color of our skin. It's not about our socioeconomic background. It's not about what we've done right or what wrong. It's about Jesus. And they came to this town with no money, but a heart full of hope and belief and amens to God's yeses. And that is why we sit here today in the kind of church that we sit in, able to have the kind of worship that we have, the kind of experience we have with God, putting our differences aside to focus on Jesus because my parents said yes, said amen to God's yes a long time ago. That's a testimony. So I'm telling you, no matter what it is, possibility-wise, that's in front of you, no matter how distant you feel from that dream, Say amen to God's yes, because he's got something bigger for you than you could ever possibly imagine. Amen. <laughs> Say amen to hope. Jeremiah 29, 11. I love this. Let's put that up and just read it together out loud. It's just too good. Here we go. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Who says amen to hope today? Who says amen to a future today? Who says amen to prosperity today? Amen, God wants to prosper you to give you a hope and a future. So I'm trying to encourage you this year, this is our word for the year, yes and amen. You're gonna see this all over the place this year. I hope you just take it. It's not a t-shirt only, but it's something that gets in your heart. And I wanna say that corporately, I'm excited where we are after 38 years of ministry, where we're going, the future that God has called us to. I'm really excited about some of the new announcements. The first announcement that I wanna make on Vision Sunday, I've, I've kinda hinted at times, but this is definitely official now. Uh, God just brought this to us. It's not something we were seeking out. We weren't looking for this opportunity, but someone came to us with a really unusual opportunity and we've prayed about it as a church and we've gone all in and made a decision that this is what we're gonna do. But starting on Easter Sunday this year, we are launching our brand new City of Life Dr. Phillips campus. I'm so excited about this campus, a brand new campus for our church. Our team is already getting everything together. We're ready to be in the Dr. Phillips area to keep bringing the hope and the life of Jesus that we've had at this church for 38 years. Same spirit, same heart, same soul, new location. So I'm excited about what's gonna happen there. And then I've got one more 
and by the way, that's going to be a huge uh, thing for our entire church. I believe there are families here that live closer to that area. It's going to be a perfect opportunity for you to connect with our church, but being closer to where you are and bringing people from that area and getting them connected with the vision of City of Life. But I've got one more uh, announcement for you, and uh, I'm going to show you this through a video. So check this video out. This is gonna be a blink unlike any blink you've ever seen. Not only is it the 25th anniversary and will it be the best one that we've ever done because we have a unique approach to how we're going to do it. It's going to be in some ways the greatest scenes from the history of blink with some new elements that you've never seen, but also we're gonna do a partnership and we're gonna have a Fathom event in theaters across the country where select cities will be able to share the live experience that's coming out of our local church. So this will put us over the 65,000 salvation mark uh, with this particular blink. And we're believing that we could even see over 10,000 salvations uh, at this particular blink with all the different locations combined. So we are so excited. That's gonna involve our entire church going all in. We're already in pre-production on some of the scenes and the concepts, and I believe it's gonna be the most powerful thing that we've ever done. So I'm excited about the future of what God has going for City of Life Church. Uh, yes and amen. I'm excited for what he has in store for your life. I believe there's a lot of dreams that are yet to be un have yet to be unleashed in this room, in your families, in your business, in your careers, in your jobs, with your relationship with God. I believe there's a lot of things in front of you that God's already said yes to, but now it's just your job to say amen. And I believe that the moment that you do, something's gonna happen in your life and in your family. So we love you, we appreciate you. Thank you, church family, for being a part of what we do. I wanna give you an opportunity right now to know Jesus if you do not know Jesus. Those that are watching online, those that are here in this room. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, think about that word for a minute, confess. When you think of a confession, you think of someone admitting something that is true. So it's not just that if you recite and just say it, just simply say it, you have to confess it. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's the question today. Do you confess that he's Lord? And do you believe that he is Lord in your heart? Because if you do, then you are saved. But if not, this is an opportunity for you today to know the Lord. This is an opportunity for you online to know the Lord today. He loves you and he cares for you. And in my moments like this where I'm just kind of appealing for people to know Jesus. Sometimes I do like to count to three because I think it kind of puts a little clock in our mind to make us realize the decision that we need to make. Because we don't get that 
We don't get that opportunity when people, you know, just are in a tragic situation. Their life is gone instantly. You don't get to have a three-second moment to decide what you believe. For those people, there's no way to go back and undo their life. But they're forced to live with that decision. But in an opportunity like this, we can really assess why we've been led astray, why we've allowed our heart to move away from God and be confronted with the fact that He loves us no matter what we've done. And say, you know what, it's time for me to honor you, God, and to give you the place on my heart and the throne of my heart that you deserve. So that's what this is about. So when I count to three, I'm gonna ask you in this room to bow your heads and close your eyes. Lift your hand on three. Those of you that are watching online, lift your hand right where you are. Also type in the chat so our team can know that you're gonna meet Jesus. Say it. Type in the chat, say, I'm lifting my hand. I need Jesus in my life. They'll connect with you. I'm gonna count to three. One, the Bible says now is the time of salvation. Two, I believe that God's doing something special in this room today. The Holy Spirit is moving here today, drawing people. It's happening right now. Three, hands up all over the room if that's you today, if you need Jesus. That's, that's hands in every single section, just dozens and dozens all over this room. Thank you so much for responding to the Lord. I believe people are lifting their hands online as well. Could you pray this prayer with me out loud? Say, I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. I don't deserve your love. I'm grateful for it, though. Thank you for dying on that cross so I could have eternal life raising again from the dead so I could live a brand new life in you, Lord Jesus. I say amen to your yes in every area of my life starting today in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, could you give God a great praise today? We love you. Thank you for being at Vision Sunday. Take this message with you and live it out the rest of the year. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.